Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Good morning, fellow image bearers. My name is Brooke Rowe. Welcome to Jehovah Jireh Ministries. I am so, so thankful that you are here this morning. I praise God for every one of you who listen to this podcast, who are edified from it through the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm really thankful for all of you. Um, last week, there was no episode. Um, I was going through a very deep funk and just, there was so much turmoil in my heart and in my mind. And it was so ugly what was happening in me, um, that I just, I could not bring myself to, um, record and pour into you, um, beautiful souls, um, last week. But, um, I spent a lot of time in prayer with the Lord and now I'm feeling back to, um, where I'm comfortable talking to you guys and just having conversation and studying scripture alongside you and lifting you up, um, to glorify the name of the Lord. Cause that's what we're here to do ultimately. Um, with that, this week we're going to talk about lust and we're going to talk about my struggles with lust. We're going to talk about what the Bible says about lust and we're also going to talk about some ways to, um, deal with it in, um, maybe a more practical way than things that we just hear in church, um, all the time. So, yeah, um... I would also like to announce that this episode is the first in kind of a little mini-series we're going to do here on Jehovah Jireh Podcast, Um, and it's called Let's Talk About It, where we're going to have the uncomfortable conversations that um, maybe you're a little bit too scared to go and ask your mom or your sister about. Um, So we're going to have those conversations here so that you um, kind of feel more comfortable hearing it from someone that isn't directly related to you because these are going to be very uncomfortable and maybe perhaps a little weird (laughs) at times. Um, So if you have um, a topic that you would like to be discussed, um, we are on Instagram at um, Jira Ministries. So um, you can search just the name of the ministry, which is Jehovah Jira Ministries, um, and you'll find it there. But the username is um, Jira underscore ministries underscore. So if that interests you and you have something you would like to be spoken about on the podcast or you would like to perhaps come on and speak on the podcast, um, reach out. Don't be afraid to. And yeah, um, without any more ado, let's get started, you guys. All right, you guys, we're going to start out in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and we're going to look at verses 19 through 20. And that says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So right here, and again, this is a letter um, written by Paul to the the church of Corinth. And he's saying that your body is a now, now that salvation has come, now that Jesus has come and died, and they have been filled with the Holy Ghost, that now that it is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, so it's the, it's the temple, um, and from whom we have from God, because 
God came as a baby. He lived a whole full life. He died. He rose again. And he later ascended to heaven saying that he needed to send the helper, which is the Holy Spirit. And then it says, you are not your own. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Let's stop right there really quick. Because um, a lot of people will look at this um, this really small piece and kind of use that to build um, perhaps some lies or some misconceptions about what this is really saying. Because they don't really look into the other um, piece of the sentence, which has said that you were bought with the price. You guys, sin is so heavy. Sin is so dangerous. Sin is so deadly that it cost Jesus his life. That's what it means that we were bought with a price. Jesus came and died to pay the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. So we were purchased. He bought us. So now we don't belong to ourselves, which honestly should be so freeing in knowing that we are now no longer a slave to the flesh, but we are technically kind of a slave of the Lord. We're a slave of God. We're doing his will, walking with him, walking in obedience. We are not our own. We're putting ourselves aside for the betterment and for the glory of the kingdom of God. And that is so honorable. And then it says, so glorify God in your body. I want to point out something really quick because um, it says that um, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Back then, the temple was the most precious place to the religious people. They would go to the temple whenever they wanted to get a connection with God. But there was kind of a little caveat where the Jewish people, um, they could not talk directly to God at that point before Jesus came. They had to go to a high priest who would then go into a secret place known as the Holy of Holies, which is the dwelling place of God. So what this is really saying is that now we are the dwelling place. And when people would like go through these towns, when they would go through and they would they would see these temples, they'd be like, oh, God is there. God lives there, kind of. Um, And that's what we are supposed to do with our bodies. So glorify God in your body. And so because people are supposed to come by, they're supposed to look at us and they're supposed to think God lives there. And yeah, so, and that goes along with like the fruits of the spirit. Um, Yeah, so like the fruits of the spirit... Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, long-suffering. You guys, these are things that as we grow in the Lord, as we um, become more like him, which can only be done by him, that is only his doing, that people are going to start looking at us and seeing Jesus. And that is so cool. It's so such an honor that um, Jesus would pick us to do that. Um, and then first Peter, um, chapter two says, beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. 
this also goes along with glorifying God in your body. This does not, this conversation we're having today has very little to do with modesty. Yes, we're going to talk a little bit about modesty, but it's it's very, very minimal. Because he says, glorify God in your body. And then um, First Peter says, to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. He is telling us here to abstain from things that are dangerous to our souls. And a lot of people think that this just means sex. Like, outside of the covenant of marriage. Which, it does mean sex outside of the covenant of marriage. But it also means porn. It means um, looking at things you're not supposed to be looking at. It means putting yourself in questionable situations. It means um, acting in such a way that is going to draw undue, unnecessary, unwanted attention to yourself. And again, this is where uh, modesty comes in because modesty... Let's define modesty really quick. Modesty is an outward representation of the heart. And it has, again, very little to do with what you wear. Yes, we are to cover our pertinent parts. And people who have different convictions will dress in different ways as they're walking with the Lord and as they grow. But what you wear really doesn't mean a whole lot. But modesty is about how we live how we act, how we talk. Are we talking in such a way that is drawing attention to ourselves um, and our flesh? Or are we acting and talking in such a way that is drawing attention to the glory of God? Because ultimately that's what we were put on this earth to do. And that does translate into what what we wear. You know, we don't, um, I do, um, Felicia Masonheimer actually has a podcast episode on her podcast um, called Verity. And um, it's amazing. I would definitely encourage you to go check check that out. She is an amazing, amazing female preacher, and I love her very much. So, <sighs> lust. Let's talk about lust really quickly, um, because I just read a bunch of these passages, and I remember that I didn't really define lust, um, because lust isn't exactly what you think it is. Lust is two ways. It is not just a one way um, looking at someone with um, dirty or malicious um, sexual intent. It is looking at someone with sexual intent and then acting and dressing and behaving in such a way that is going to make them lust back. And that is a sin. Plain and simple, that, that is a sin. Because, and I'm, and I'm going to say this again, you, um, you are not responsible for someone else's sin or someone else's, else's actions. Okay? We're not responsible for them. Okay? They're going to make their own choices. That's on them. But that only applies if we are doing what we're supposed to be doing. Because God's going to deal with them. But are you giving them the ammunition? Are you presenting yourself in such a way that you know that's going to make them lust after you and you're fine with that? That should bother you. 
if you, if a brother or a sister in Christ comes to you and says, something you're doing, um, or I have an issue with lust, and this thing that you do isn't helping me with that, you should be honored that that came to you, first of all, and then you should not do that thing around them. Because at that point, now that you're made aware of the issue, and you know that there is something you can do to help them, and to um, grow them in the Lord, and guide, and come alongside, and help, if you make the choice, and I, I don't mean an accident, I don't mean a mistake, I mean if you make the choice to completely go against that and they end up lusting or sinning because of that God's gonna have to do have to have to deal with both of you at that point because Proverbs fourteen twelve says there is a way that seems right to man but it but its end is the way to death and there are so many passages in the Bible that talk about sexual immorality um and the sexual sins because we as a church, we put a lot of emphasis on a couple of the, of the sexual sins, um, on premarital sex, um, or sex outside of the covenant of marriage, and homosexuality, which those things are both sins. I'm not going to dispute that. The Bible very clearly speaks against it. Um, however, those are not the only sexual sins, right? And... I first before we go any further there is so much forgiveness there is so much grace there is so much mercy if you have done these things if you have had sex outside of marriage if you have sent someone nudes if you've watched porn if you have made someone lust after you intentionally There is forgiveness in that. Jesus is waiting to scoop you up and hold you and comfort you right where you are. And if where you are includes one of those things, he's ready. There is nothing that he was not tempted with. He, our temptations are not new to God. He has seen it all. Literally, it's kind of freaky to think about what he's seen. Um, but yeah, I want to encourage you in that because I know this conversation is very heavy and a lot of it can sound very, um, shamey and very like, um, like the person is beating you down and that is not my intention whatsoever. Um, because the Lord has forgiveness. He has the grace and the power to forgive you and it's great because then he'll pick you up, turn, turn, turn you around and put you where you need to be with him. And that's so beautiful to think. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about porn. Because porn is something that is plaguing our, our society. It is everywhere. And it is so easily accessible that it's scary Um, I have issues with porn. I struggle and I fail more than I don't. Um, but again, the Lord has so much grace and 
clinging to him in those times of failure and the times of doubt and fear because those things don't come from the Lord. They come straight from the enemy. Um, that is so helpful and so good um, in those times. Because, um, like, and again, I don't want to come on and, like, talk about, you know, porn and lust and have people be like, well, you've never experienced it. Um, because I have experienced it. I... I have failed more than I haven't, <laughs> honestly. Um, but again, the Lord is so willing to forgive and he is so gracious and just so perfect. Um, but it's so hard, especially in the society that we live in, to get away from porn, right? Um and we know what the what the Bible says, you know, flee from sexual immorality. So many of the epistles, um, which are Paul's letters, um, are they talk about sexual immorality and they say we are to flee from it. Okay, because that is that is the um I believe it says somewhere, and I, I, I could totally be wrong, and Lord forgive me if I am, but it says somewhere that, that is the sin that affects your body that is a sin against your own body at that point and again so this is for me um when I am having issues with porn when I am struggling when I'm being tempted and even when I fail when I fall into that temptation there is um something that helps me and it's because I remind myself that my my body is a temple and then I, I, I kind of start thinking, your body is the temple of the most high God. How dare you defile that temple? And I know that sounds very, um, like, shame. Like, very, like, hard and harsh and fat. And not, what was I saying? Very harsh and, um, like, shame. Um, but it really does put it into perspective. That's like, this is serious. And... I don't want to be here preaching and talking to fellow believers and maybe some unbelievers um, and who are curious about the faith and be, you know, um, talking about these issues and saying that, that they're sins and then living them in secret. And because I want to be honest and confessing is the first is the first step to um, moving forward and growing. So I'm I would really encourage you. Um, the next piece we're going to talk about is. Um, why we need other people to hold us accountable in these things. Um, just like any other sin, right? We need to have people to hold us accountable. We need to have safeguards put in place. Like, you need to, if you need to set passwords and block certain things from your phone, do it. It's, it's helpful. It's great. If you need to have, there is an app that will set that you can have an accountability partner and it will send transcripts of your internet usage to that person. Um, it does cost a little bit of money, um, but honestly, your soul is eternal and that's priceless. Um, if, if you, and I'm going to say this, um, if you need someone to hold you accountable and to talk to through these things, 
that one understands and two isn't your sister or your mom please and i i mentioned um the instagram on the um during the beginning of this episode please reach out to someone you can reach out to me i understand your struggle um reach out to another brother and sister in Christ and make sure that this person is somewhat more mature in the faith than you are because that's where we're supposed to be seeking wise counsel from. And so I thought I said that we were going to talk about how we can deal with lust in practical ways. Um, Yes, I did say that actually. So there are some things we can do when we are being tempted, when we are being um, when the devil is just really getting at us and like, well, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe, um, it's, it's almost like (laughs) when you're abstaining from porn or from sex or whatever it is, anything really, it's funny (laughs) because Satan will almost use like, um, something that's like, I don't know how to explain it, because I can see it in my head, but I don't know how to put it into words. Where it's like, oh, maybe maybe one won't hurt me. You know what I mean? Like, but, like, you know in your heart that that's wrong, but then it just, he just makes you doubt. Which is what Satan comes to do. Again, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Satan comes to leave doubt. He doesn't come to make you sin. He doesn't. He comes to bring doubt. That's what he did to Eve in the garden. He was like, mm, did Jesus, not Jesus, did God really say that? Are you really going to die if you eat that fruit? Hmm? But, and again, I just want to say, um, this is, I'm sorry, this was such a short episode. We're going to close out pretty soon. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that because lust is something that I'm really struggling with right now. And um, I... I wanted to be honest and I wanted to speak truth not only to you but to myself and to um, study God's word upon this topic um, and then share it with you because once we learn things about the Lord, we're supposed to share them with other people and he is so good, you guys. And sexual immorality, porn, lust, pre pre um, sex outside of the covenant of marriage it is so serious and it is so destructive not only to your spiritual health but to your mental health and sometimes your physical health like there are pavlovian and i'm not talking just about stds because that that is very real but like pavlovian responses to these things and it's it's gross and like it's really bad. Um, there is an account on Instagram. Um, actually, it's everywhere right now. It's everywhere. Um, it's called Fight the New Drug, and they do an amazing. They do amazing work um, to help people recover from porn. They give you stati- like statistics and facts about how dangerous porn is because it is. It's very dangerous, and. Um, Another thing I want to point out really quick, um, because we talked a lot about lust and like why, you know, that those things are wrong, but I want to give you a little bit of modern day 
insight as to why porn is so bad because it doesn't seem like it, right? Sometimes it doesn't seem like it's so bad. It is. It is so much worse than you think it is. It encourages sex trafficking, which is slavery. It's where people are being sold so that they can be used as sex objects to be sold in videos on the internet. Um, It encouraged exploitation of children. Little children have been exploited through this. And it encourages unrealistic and unloving expectations. You guys, porn is not what love looks like. It's not. It's it's so far from that. It's so it's so gross. I mean, and the Bible says it's wrong. There are words in the Greek that are porneia, which is legitimately pornography. Like and I, I and again, um there is nothing in this life that we are tempted with that Jesus wasn't tempted with. Because he came and lived lived as a man. He was tempted the same way we are. Maybe it looked a little bit different back then because he was, it was 2,000 years ago. He still understands. Find your refuge and your safety and your comfort in the Lord. Stop running to porn and lust and immorality and sex to fulfill you because it's not. The only truly sustaining force is that of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit. And it's so freeing when you can just lay that down at his feet and he will deal with it. Because all that we're supposed to do is sacrifice it to him and then walk in obedience. It's, it's so beautiful that he does that for us because he loves us so much. And you are a beautiful, perfect creation of God. Okay, you're not perfect anymore because of the fall. But you are the workmanship, the poem of his hand. And when he died, he died thinking of you. He looks upon you like you are the most precious, adorable little being on earth. And he cares so deeply for his children. You guys, when when, when you mess up, he, I imagine him just going, (sighs) all right, time to pick her up again. Time to, (laughs) you know, time to, time to help her through this one. But he does it because he wants to, because he loves us, and because his love is perfect, his mercy is rich, his blessings are abundant. The world is going to fail you. The world is full of nothing but corruption and lies and temptations. But when you fix your eyes upon Jesus, he is the one who breathes life. He is the one who loves you so much that he died 
for you. The world would not do that. Just remember that, my dear friends. We are going to close out in prayer. Um, thank you so much for joining me. I hope that this episode was edifying to you in some way. Um, yeah, I'm so, so happy you were here with me this week. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, we're going to pray and then I'll let you get back to your day. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much just for the sweet brother or sister on the other side of the screen, Lord. I I pray that the words that were spoken today were edifying to them in some way, that you would just be abundant in mercy and blessings, that you would reveal the truth about um, immorality to them, Lord. Um, I pray that you would just loose chains, that you would free addictions, that you would just see your people in need and meet them where they are, Lord, and that they would be willing to sacrifice the things of this world to follow you in your eternal kingdom, Lord. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak, to learn your truth, and to speak it to other people, Lord. Um, I pray blessings over the sweet brother or sister on the other side of the screen, Lord, and I pray that um, they would stick close to you, Lord, and that they would find their comfort and their refuge in you, Father. Thank you so much for just your son and his coming and that he is coming back and that you sent the helper, the Holy Ghost, to walk us through this life, Lord, and thank you that you're just always here waiting with open arms um, for us, just to me is where we are, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys, I love you so much. Thank you for joining me today. Shalom, my friends.